0: what is going on everybody welcome into Anti up howard benner and adam Ronis here from fantasy alarm what's going on everybody adam how are you man what's news
1: i don't know if i'm enjoying the all-star break i wouldn't say that uh but it is good to get a little break but obviously after this i'll be watching the nba finals so i'm very excited for game four Uh, obviously a very pivotal game that will determine i think how long this series goes so um wrote up a prop and a total on wageralarm.com, and then I just bet two more props before before we got on. So uh oh, what'd you do? Let me hear it. I uh, I gave out Chris Paul over 21 and a half points on wager alarm and the over 221 points in the game. and then uh, before we started, I decided and I thought about writing this one up. I didn't do it, but I plucked some money down is DeAndre ateden over 28 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, He went over that total in game one pretty easily with 22 and 19. He did not in game two. um, He only took 10 shots from the field and only hit four and 40 percent. Very fluky for him because, you know, he takes a lot of high percentage shots, alley-oops around the basket in the paint. uh, Shot 68.9 percent from the field against the Clippers. So, at 77.6% in the first round against the Lakers. For the postseason, he's 69.7% from the field. So, I was like, all right, um, that was an aberration. So, in game three, I did give, oh, for game three on wager alone, I gave out DeAndre over 15 and a half points or 16 and a half, and he had 18, despite being in foul trouble. So, that's why I look at this game. He had 18 points, nine rebounds, which is 27 in 24 minutes despite having five fouls. So he's really important to them. They need him on the floor. They don't have a, a backup center right now. So that's why the son's really struggling game three with him off the floor. So all he needs to do is play just a little bit more. Um, and they want him to be on the floor for around 40 minutes, 39 minutes, game one, 42 game two, and then obviously the foul trouble in game three. And he still came close to going over that number. So uh, I think he has a, a good game tonight. And then I took uh, Jay Crowder over 10 and a half points. Uh, Crowder's the veteran. And I don't think usually what happens in the NBA is the role players don't play as well on the road. They're much better at home. But I don't worry about that with Jay Crowder. He's a veteran. He's one of the few that has postseason experience. And he had one point in game one where he shot O of A from the field. He had 11 in game two and 18 in game three. Uh, where he was six of seven from three point range, and he takes most of his shots from three. So, um, 10 and a half points is not a lot. And, you know, he should be on the floor 33, 34 minutes. So, yeah, I decided to some last minute action there for Bucks oh. on tonight. Why not? Well, right. See.
0: Keep it a little interesting for yourself. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't go crazy heavy on it. Or maybe yeah, not. Nothing
1: crazy. No, nothing crazy. It's just, it, you know, I, I did have a period there where, when I was on vacation, I stayed away. Like, I was like, you know what? I just need a break. And you know this, man. It is fun, but sometimes you just need to sit back and just watch a game and for the fun of it. Yeah. Uh, I just think everyone needs to do that, take that mental break at some point. So I did that for a bit. And, uh, you know, now I'll, I'll jump back in a little bit more. Uh, I, you know, I need to start getting into more baseball, I guess. I haven't really done much baseball because I've been so consumed by the NBA. And you know, for a while we had games every day. Obviously, it's spaced out now, but it's coming down to the end. And then obviously, NFL will be here before you know it, and uh, you gotta love that. So I just think you know, you need a mental break every once in a while,
0: which I'm actually I'm getting right now because I've been doing all the the best bets and uh, and prop bets over at Wager Alarm, uh, doing them five days a week. Dan Servidio taking over for me two days a week. He covered the uh, the home run derby and the All Star break, the All Star game. And uh, and so it's been nice for me, you know. It's like all right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I got to like sit back and relax. Thursday, there's only one game. It's a Yankees Red Sox game, um, which I don't like to bet, but I'm sure I can probably find uh, a proper two. I know. Don't that, uh, force
1: it though, man. I mean, don't force it just to put something out. If you no, you know what no, I mean? no,
0: I'm not going to force it to to put something out. I'll, I'm just saying, I'm sure that there's going to be something that I I may like. Um, Red Sox bringing up that uh, that kid Jared Grant, Durant.
1: Yeah, and I, I, you know, so someone texted me like, "Hey, I don't know if you saw this," and I didn't see it because I was on the phone. I was like, "Oh, cool, thanks, man." And I went to go checked out. He's rostered.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, and yours definitely
1: because you're AL only, but mine's a 15 team mixed league, and like
0: every prospect is rostered. It's amazing. Like, is is Zola in that league? No. Oh, all right, because that definitely would have explained it. Well, there's
1: someone else. I don't know if you know him well. See, I've been playing with him in this league, and he loves the prospects, Tim McLeod.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim McLeod's a huge prospect. Yeah, so I always know.
1: I'm like, all right, I'm going to put this name in the search. Let me guess, Tim McLeod has him. Uh, (laughs) Most of the time, yes.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's so funny when you get to like sit there and you've played with a lot of these guys for, for a number of years, you know, you just, you know, their tendencies. Absolutely. You know, it's like I play against Colton and the Wolfman. I know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, when we do an auction draft, I know exactly who they're going after. Um, you know, it's, uh, listen, I've said it a million times, you know, I, I, and I write the article, know thy enemy that knowing knowing like if, especially in an auction draft, like it, it's obvious in a, in a snake draft too, but especially in an auction draft, you know, knowing who you're playing against is actually it, in my opinion, equally important to knowing the player pool, right? Cause you, you learn the player pool, you know, the player pool, this is what we do for, you know, for our living. Um, but if you know the guys or girls that you're playing against and you know, their tendencies, That's something you can always work towards your advantage, whether they're a homer, whether you know they're the prospect junkies, uh, whether, you know, you just know that they like, you know, they favor National League hitters versus American League pitchers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, as soon as you, you know, you said Tim McLeod, it's like, boom, know it. Absolutely. Um, Definite prospect junkie. So yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm looking at this Red Red Sox Yankee game. We'll see. I'll see if there's a prop on Duran to, you know, get a hit. Um maybe kind of, you know, look look that way if the uh if the money line is right on that, but yeah, again, you know, when you, it's these big rivalries, Yankees Red Sox, I know it's been subdued over the uh the years since since the Red Sox won the whole thing. What was that, 05, 06, I don't remember. 04 was the first blur. one.
1: Whatever won, it was. They won several.
0: Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> all right, let me refresh
1: your memory. So the Yankees had a three games to zero lead. Do you remember that?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Were you, were you speaking to me? Oh, what you happened? Talking, Did you I just talk to me? Did I cut out? You might have. Yeah, you might have oh, cut out. I, okay. I I couldn't hear you clearly. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. Well, so you got a you got a faulty mic there, Adam. You might want to I want to fix that shit. But anyway, like, I don't, I don't like doing the big rivalry games, right? Because, you know, when you get to a situation where like anything can happen, I know that that's the case for any game, but you know, it's like Cubs cards, Giants, Dodgers, you know how many times I like learn the hard way to not bet Giants, Dodgers. I mean, that is. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So yeah, I mean, so I get the extra day off to like kind of take a break there with just it being one game and then I'll get back on the horse on Friday, but it's been a nice like day or so off and I've been filling the time with the NFL fancy alarm draft guide content, man. Holy shit. Coaching systems articles take forever.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I know you love them though. And it really helps you prepare for the draft. So Mm -hmm. yo, but so for NBA, so from the start of the NBA season until I went on vacation, I wrote an NBA wagering article every day, except
0: I think three days. Well, why were you slacking on those three days? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, one was one was Christmas
1: where I was at my mom's and I she she lost power for a bit. I hit him, him up. All and right, like,
0: so bullshit excuse there. Not even, <laughs> what happened on the other two days?
1: Um, one was, well, you had a girl over probably nah. Um, one was the second, the last day of the regular season. And it was like, we didn't know who was in and out of the lineup. And I was like, fuck this shit, man. I'm not dealing with this. I don't know who's playing, <laughs> whatever, you know, like, cause you get, cause say I write it up and then say, take this team. And then like, oh, well, oh, they're resting all their starters. I was like, and then I forgot what the other day was, but yeah, I was Doing that shit every day, but that's why you you do have to take a break sometimes, man. Because it can just it can be overwhelming. So, like anything you do in life, you just need to to learn to take a break. So, at least the All Star break was nice for you to at least just. I know you have other stuff, to do, but at least you know not think about the the wagering part of it.
0: Yeah, and like sitting there and you know, and I finished I finished the the first half of the season nice and strong, very very much in the black for the year. Um, so I feel good about that, and yeah, we'll take it up. The the true test for me is gonna be September. Is it oh yeah, dude, even August, September. even August September. is yeah, gonna August, be crazy.
1: August is tough, man. You know, I'm thinking about that too, with like the baseball stuff. I'm like, oh man, because August is all football at that point, like that just becomes like everyday training camp, preseason drafts. that's where it gets tough. And then September, my goodness, when you have to do fab on Sunday,
0: oh, man, (laughs) dude, that is
1: going to be rough, man. I mean, it's only going to be, well, let me see. I think it's only, well, okay. So we get fortunate because the first football game, I believe is September 9th, right? The Thursday, September 9th. Okay, so September 5th, we have fab. That's Labor Day weekend. Not awful. So it's really the 12th. The 19th and the – it's actually – okay, so it's three Sundays. Three Sundays, basically, right? Because I'm assuming baseball ends – I don't even know when baseball ends. Is it Probably ends, yeah, that
0: that last uh, – yeah, it's probably – it's a four-week month.
1: Let's see. I'm going to check that out. But so if it's only three Sundays, it's not awful. And let's be fair. Some of your leagues are going to be done, so you don't need (laughs) to spend a ton of time. Again, I'm not saying, you know me, never give up. But you don't need to expend spend, you know, two hours doing it, whatever you usually do. Oh, no, it's – wow, it's October 3rd, a Sunday. So that means, yeah, three Sundays in, the 12th, the 19th, the 26th. So not the worst. Not, not the, worst. the worst. So it's three days, three nights of football with the Fab. Yeah, it's going to be tough, though, man, because you're going to be watching football all day, and you got to catch up on baseball. What are the injuries? So – Oh, I don't know. I think I might only have. uh, I don't know. I might have three or four teams alive at that time.
0: I don't know. Who knows? I I don't know. I don't know either. It's going to be very interesting. And. Yeah.
1: But (laughs) Once you got to get through that month, like once you get through September, I think that's when you're like, okay. Oh, then but then for me, that basketball starts back up in October because they're going back to a normal. So it's like, there's, there's no break. All right. Let's not think about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. It's going to be crazy. I'll tell you what, what's even going to be nuttier is that I'm like I'm going away, uh, you know, starting on the 30th of August and through Labor Day weekend there. So uh, that that Sunday night when I'm supposed to be doing uh, the first fab of September, I'm going to be boogieing at a fish show uh, in Colorado.
1: Yeah, I guess you'll have to put in your fab early that day or Saturday and just say, all right, fucking I'm rolling with this.
0: Yeah, Well, Saturday, I'll be spending my night boogieing at a fish show. All right. Well, then, fuck it. You ain't doing fat. Ah, dude. See, though, <laughs> see, here's the I'll tell you what. Here's the beautiful part is that my wife sleeps in me. I I just get up. I can't help it. I'll have my laptop with me. Um, You know, I'll be up at like, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning and whatever i'll do i'll do my fab and i'll do you know some other stuff there and uh and then i'll kind of just call it you know for the rest of the day and i'll just have to let the chips fall where they may and that's just that's that's where we go um then you know whatever that's that's what it is um all right i have a very very important football question that i need to ask Adam Ronis. so um what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll give a shout out to our sponsor, We'll pay some bills, we'll keep the lights on. And right after these messages, very serious football question, I have to ask Adam Ronis, and we'll be back with his answer. Adam, I know I've set the tone here. You're a little nervous about what this question could be. Um, maybe not. maybe're you're you're, uh, you're you're pretty confident that I know what I'm talking about, and uh whatever. Here's my question. Are you ready? Yes. Am I too cuckoo for Carolina? So I'll, oh. I'll set the table here. Now, on Twitter, see the, saw a comment here from uh, Michelle Majuk from uh, Ball Blast Um, You know, her and her wife, uh, you know, great tandem. They do some great work over there at the Ball Blast'em, uh, you know, website. Uh, but her, uh, her statement was, uh, let's see. Yeah. She says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but drew lock is not the next Josh Allen and Sam Darnold is not the next Ryan Tannehill. All right. So I said, I agree on lock, but I think Donald thrives in Joe Brady's system though. And, and should be a fun offense to watch. Um, she turns around, starts talking about how Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than Darnold, but Minshew won't get another opportunity, but Darnold gets a pass because he was uh, number three drafted overall and, you know, big time quarterback uh, out of USC, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, listen, I sit there and I and and I have the conversation, but, you know, obviously, you know. I, the, the comparisons and the talk about Minshew, I think, is, you know, a complete crock of shit. Um, you know, I can't say that on Twitter right now because, you know, I'm not going to, like, get into, a, a, into a, a, a Twitter fight about it. If that's what she wants to think, she wants to think that Gardner Minshew is actually, you know, a better QB and was a better QB. And Sam Darnold floundering in the jet system under Adam Gase is really who he is. I mean, that's just. You know, that's that's her opinion, and I'm not gonna sit there and like fight over it. But I mean, listen, my my opinion is that she's dead on wrong, hundred percent wrong. I'm not a Minshew guy, I never was a Minshew guy. I think that you know, her standing there, standing by the fact that she was a big Gardner Minshew uh pro, uh, you know, she was very, very pro-Gardner Minshew and, and stuff in Jacksonville. I think that. You know, bringing that up is is irrelevant to the situation. To me, it's about Sam Darnold in Joe Brady's offense, mm-hmm. uh, an offense that made Teddy Bridgewater look really good until everybody realized that Teddy Bridgewater couldn't throw deep. Sam Darnold does not have that problem. So, um, I'm I'm curious as to your take here, just on on Carolina on the offense. I know you haven't you know been as deep into the uh, the analysis as I have just based on the coaching systems research that I've done. But I'm just kind of curious as to your take on Darnold uh, in Carolina. Uh,
1: I think think what she mentioned about draft capital is definitely true. Darnold is going to get another opportunity because of where he was drafted in the pedigree. We know that happens in the NFL. So that is true. I don't think we really know the answer about Darnold. I mean, anyone who thinks they know for sure they just don't. We we really don't know how good he is. It's tough to judge him based on the Jets and playing under Adam Gates. And it was just an awful situation. So this is his opportunity here, right? Because it is a better coaching system, a better offense, and he's got weapons. I mean, I've been a big fan of DJ Moore. We know how good he is. Uh-huh. We've seen Donald work with Robbie Anderson, and Robbie Anderson had the best year of his career last year, and they've worked together. Uh, drafted. Terrace Marshall, who's got some talent. Uh, so there's weapons here and Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. So um, I think there's, this is the opportunity for Donald to show that he can play. And uh, I know you're going to be all over week one when he gets his revenge against the Jets.
0: So. Oh uh, yeah. I mean like you couldn't have set the the table any better <laughs> for anybody with that. It's like, Because, you know, because I was also, I was one of the people who said, no, don't take Zach Wilson, right? Keep Sam Darnold, right? Trade that pick for for additional draft capital. Trade down a little bit, just a couple of spots. It's all you needed to do for for all of these teams who really were, you know, into taking a QB, then that's fine. But And I also said, if you're going to get rid of Darnold then Justin Fields is the guy who I want as opposed to Zach Wilson. But, you know, I said, if you're going to rebuild this system and you're going to implement this offense that, you know, really, you know, what Robert Saleh is doing is he's bringing that Kyle Shanahan offense. So, you know, heavy running back rotation, short, quick timing routes, um, help move the chains downfield. And then, you know, some of the play action opens up for some some work downfield it's a system that Darnold fits right he can roll out a little bit he can extend plays with his leg if he needs to um you know he can the, the pressure can come off of him if he's you know got the backfield and you know Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson these aren't great names but you know we don't expect the Jets to do great things here in this uh in this first year of the uh of of the rebuild but oh man I just Ah, oh, like I get that you know the 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 draft capital gives him the extra pass. I just, I I just find it really hard to swallow when you know people don't understand. People don't incorporate offensive schemes into you know in, into into their analysis. Like, oh, how do you so not talk if, about how a Don- player works?
1: What's that? If Darnold was a sixth round pick. Do you think he'd get this opportunity after what he did with the Jets?
0: No, I I, I right. don't necessarily think he does. Right. So that's that was the whole point. So No, that's but that's not the whole point of the of the argument. Her whole okay, point well, of the argument I is heard, that Darnold's no good. I don't think we know that, man. Like really
1: whatever side you're on, like how do you we don't know. You can say, well look at you could look at every stat, they're horrible. Right? So you can't mm-hmm. Every stat is horrible, but you have to understand the environment he played in. It really matters for football. The coaching, I mean, look, coaching matters to a certain extent. You still need players to win, but we've seen how Adam Gase has ruined. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Left Gase and look how good he is now. I mean, took a team to an AFC Championship. Look, Devontae Parker, I know he really had one good year, but Devontae Parker non-existent. Jarvis Landry was there. There's so many guys that were there under Gase that left. Even Robbie Anderson. Robbie, we just saw it. Robbie Anderson left and had his best year. So, and I think, I saw comments from Robbie Anderson about a month ago, and he was like, that he sees a new energy in Darnold, like a charisma he didn't see in New York. And that's because they lost all the time. And I've said this. We've all been at jobs, right, where you know, all right, I'm leaving soon. I can't take this shit. Whether you're there looking for another job or you know the end is near, that affects your work no matter who you are. You can take pride in whatever you do, and you're going to work hard. But when you're in that environment where you're just not happy and you know things are wrong and you don't trust management, it's just not a good feeling. And that's probably how darn felt, you know, going to work every day. Like, oh, my God, this team, man, we suck. Case is not doesn't know what he's doing. You could tell he didn't like in cart. Like in, there was no positive relationships with most of his players. So now you leave that and you go to a new team where there's optimism and you just feel rejuvenated. And we sit here and we talk about systems and stats, but there is a personal element and a human element to it that sometimes we overlook. And I think Robbie Anderson saying that stood out. I'm like, okay. And you got to look at it from Donald's perspective. You're with the Jets. It's pessimism, pessimism, doom and gloom. And now you're like, all right, I got a fresh start. No one's going to judge me here. I got a coach. I like this system. I got some players. Right. No, right now it's time not for me to a coach. Prove myself. A coach
0: who's, you know, one year removed from college from dealing with, you know, young, high-profile talent from college, right? I mean, Joe Brady, what Joe Brady did uh, to the offense in LSU was phenomenal. And then you saw that in Carolina last year. Now, they 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 lost a bunch of games, obviously. They lost McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater has a, a very limited ceiling. He can't throw the ball deep. Like, and he like, doesn't yeah.
1: throw guys open either. He's a quarterback that waits for guys to get open. Yeah. I mean, it's he, just, has ma- he has major limitations.
0: Oh. Uh, I, Bridgewater has ridiculous limitations. Ridiculous limitations, and I just think that it's um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's very narrow minded uh, of of any fantasy analyst to not explore the options. You know, to sit there and say that Darnold looked like shit when he played for the Jets. All right, and therefore he's not going to succeed in Carolina. I, I'm sorry. That's just not, you know, to me, that's lazy analysis, you know? And listen, I went, I, I, I went back and forth with uh, with the Majuk girls. Um, not, was it not yeah, it was last year, last year about Tyler Higby. I said, Tyler Higby not going to be the fucking top five tight end that everybody thinks he's going to be. And they were like, "You're crazy, blah, blah. We actually had a bet. That if if Tyler Higby finishes a top five tight end, that I would buy them both uh, a Tyler Higby jersey, right? I don't even remember what I was supposed to get on my end, but like you want to talk about like somebody ghosting you <laughs> after losing a bet? I mean, I didn't go after him about it. I think I I gave like I made one comment on Twitter about you know Higby not you know not not doing what they said he was going to do. They probably took it more as like me trolling than anything else because I don't know if they remembered that we had a bet going, but you know. And I almost want to sit there and turn around and and say you're sitting your assessment here of Sam Darnold uh, is is equally poor of your assessment uh, of Tyler Higby, uh, knowing what we know about the uh, the the Rams scheme and the changes that they made. Like and I just it's it, it bums me out. It bums me out because I actually because I like the two of them. But to sit there and say it's a narrow minded way of thinking is, you know, then all of a sudden then I'm going to get shit on for like talking down to a female analyst.
1: Now, look, I think I think that's the problem with Twitter sometimes is that there's a way to do this where you can disagree with someone, but it doesn't have to be personal. I think people have gotten so sensitive and look, everyone's going to make proclamations that don't work out. That's part of it. Like. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, if you're wrong, like, I'm sure you'll be like, if Donald has a shitty year, you're like, all right, look, I was wrong. I thought he would do well. It didn't happen. We're all going to get shit wrong. And I think the problem is there's so many analysts out there now and everyone wants to be right. And just no one kind of accepts when they're wrong. And it happens to all of us. We're all going to make proclamations and statements and our takes. They're going to be wrong. (laughs) It's just going to happen. Whether it's an injury or whatever the excuse is. And sometimes I don't know what
0: you talked about, dude. Jordan Howard was the best last year.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I was telling, <laughs> dude, I was telling Fensterman in like week two or three, I'm like, dude, cut him. It's over. Nah, I got to be patient. I'm like, look, I'm all for being patient, but you got to look at what the team is doing. You're going to rely on goal line carries. Oh, well, he scored it. I'm like, dude, you're waiting too long. Cut, cut, cut. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do in fantasy is when you take a player kind of early and you're like, I got to be patient. Sometimes you need, that was one where I saw it right away. I said, I am not wasting my time. I am cutting him because it is not happening. They told you exactly what they thought of him those first two to three weeks. And if you held on longer, you clogged up a roster spot, but yeah, like we're all going to get stuff wrong, man. It's part of it. And the, the thing is, What I want to do is if I get something wrong, why did I get it wrong? Was it did I have a bias? Was I thinking about something like why did I get it wrong? You know, that's what you should be doing instead of like sitting there and making excuses. Just kind of figure out, all right, why did I get this wrong? Where was the analysis wrong? But I don't know. It's just we have so many people spitting hot takes now. And it's look, I'm all for debate, man. I like when people disagree because I think it's better. You know, and maybe someone will convince you. You maybe someone will will provide arguments and go, okay. You know what? I didn't think of it like that. That's I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards your side now. Or it gets vicious, and you guys go back and forth, disagree. But let's just try and keep it. And I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. You know, we need to figure out a way that it doesn't get out of hand because I see it gets out of hand too much, and that's why I, I kind of don't want to get involved. It's a waste of energy. If you want to sit there, and we do it all the time. You know, we we'll debate on here and we disagree and it's fine. I think that's better for the listener, the reader to have conflicting opinions, because I've said this before, especially on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, the calls agree too much. And I, I just I again, I'm not trying to don't force it, but I'd rather hear an organic debate hear both sides. So it's nice that you guys not nice, but it's cool that you guys disagree. And go back and forth, and hopefully it's civil. And you guys, may, if you do decide, look, if you go and make a bet, honor it. That's all I'm saying. You know, like,
0: yeah. Oh, Andrew, I, I agree on on that note too. But I'm not even gonna. I'm, it's there's no reason for me to even bring that up. What because was the I bet? What well, did
1: you? What was the bet? Money or what? Was there an actual like?
0: I was if Tyler Higby as a top five tight end, she and her sister said I was gonna buy them each a Tyler Higby jersey. At the end, one got a home jersey, one would get an away jersey, right? Simple as that. I don't remember what I was supposed to get in return if he failed to do that. And the only time that I, like, I, you know, I, I made a joking, you know, sent a joking message to the two of them uh, about our Tyler Higby bet, they refused to acknowledge the message. And and I never heard back from them. Mm, yeah, I don't like that. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. I mean, listen. I'll I'll keep this discussion civil. I mean, I'm I don't care about that. I just, again, one of the things that I just find absolutely crazy is, you know, again, it's it's people who cling to year to year data, regardless of whether or not it's a new coach, a new coordinator, a new team. They just sit there and they cling to what they just saw, and. They completely disregard any kind of change. It's like you know, when we're sitting here talking about um Mike Davis, dude's gonna get opportunity in um you know in Atlanta. Matt Ryan is not gonna throw the ball 40 times a game th- this year. He did it last year, sure, but that's not the that's not the 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 system that Arthur Smith puts into effect, right? He doesn't he doesn't just change over to to the Atlanta Falcons and adopt their offensive scheme no and he was perfectly fine dealing off Julio and not dealing not not having Julio Jones on the team because he was like I got Calvin Ridley and then you know I drafted Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage will help me get by but I want a more balanced offense and to sit there and to ignore you know things like that I just I, again I I have a hard time with that and i think that you know one of one of my hangups you know and i I don't i again i don't want to be an asshole about it but yeah i just i i have seen now over the years um new people coming into this industry who are it's more about the following on twitter it's more about the 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 likes it's more about you know how many times they get retweeted uh, it's it's about the attention and And I happen to think that the Majuke girls are are good, solid people and good analysts, and they do have a a love for football, which I guess is why it boggles my mind that you would just so flat out ignore changes in scenery coaching systems and and you know whatever. um but I mean, I've seen this now, and it's um. You know, it's like, where do people go for their analysis? If you're going for if you're going to, to fantasy football Twitter for the answers to your questions, I mean, you need to see a fucking resume. Like you need to know how many times you know, does this person win? Because I can I'm get all for that on Twitter.
1: What's up? I'm, I'm all for that because I'll, uh, you know, put my resume out there. Um, so I'm not afraid. So I'll fucking put but, my
0: resume out there. Also, I got 20 years of winning titles in this fucking industry. And, yeah, I, you know, I've I mean, been, listen, I, it, it's not to be a braggart. It's about it's about the fact that for me, I got into this business because I love sports and I love the fantasy game. Right. And I've, and I've played in the fantasy game for, you know, more than 20 years to know the ins and outs and, uh, you know, and certain things that you you have to do and what it takes to win. Right. And I just feel like there are so many people who have now just, you know, I got me a a webcam and I like watching football and I'm going to sit here and, you know, start telling you what to do for your fantasy teams. And that's that, like the reason that, I do things like, you know, my project, the next big fantasy thing that's coming up Um, between that, between, you know, working with guys like John and Pemba and Matt Sells and James Grande, you know, bringing them along, mentoring people. Right. I, I, you know, Jen Piacenti, you know, we brought her on because she knows fucking baseball inside and out and really wanted to learn football more. And so was like completely open to just learning the game because she has the, like the passion to do it. I think there are just too many people who are just, you know, give me the hot takes and give me all the attention on Twitter. And it's, uh, boo, dude, if I, you know, hear one more time about a fucking analyst who went from, you know, 200 followers to 12,000 followers, uh, in, in, in the span of a year. Ooh, that's great. Does that mean that you're, you know, you're a personality on Twitter. Does it mean you're actually fucking good at your job? Are you good at the analysis? And yeah, I, I would definitely I, I would say to anybody listening here, I mean, obviously, if they're listening here, they probably have been following you and me for years. Um, be very careful of fucking fantasy Twitter. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean People who follow us know what we do. That's why they keep coming back because they have success. And, yeah, you do have to be – look, I'm all for people getting opportunities and everything, but there are some people that just come in and it's like, okay, well, what's the track record? What have you done? And you you do got to prove yourself. So, yeah, I mean, look, we all want big followings on social media, but the goal is to help people win. And I think you do want to see – and this discussion always comes up. We've probably had it. You know, do you want to see someone you follow win? And I think I lean towards yes. I mean, look, you might follow someone. They might be good at giving out information and stats, but they just don't win because maybe they can't construct a roster. So if you follow that person and you're like, hey, they give me good info and stuff and I win. Okay. But you likely want to see someone take the information they're dispersing to you. And win in their leagues and I know in Mm -hmm. leagues, only one person can win, but if you're playing in multiple leagues, like you should be winning a title or two every single season. I know crazy things can happen, but you know, it's just like if you get advice or you go to a doctor or something, right. You want to make sure like they're doing what they say successfully. And I think (laughs) it does apply to fantasy. So, um,
0: I ask doctors all the time, like, what's your death count?
1: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, How many patients have you lost in the last two weeks? Uh, But I mean, you know, when you see someone winning consistently, that should tell a story like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, anyone can get lucky and win once. Right. But, uh, when you see the same people winning consistently, that should tell you, okay, they know what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, and there's there there are so many more analysts now, and it's great for the industry. It's good to ha- get more voices and people to have opportunities. At the same time, though, it's just like, you know, I don't even know what are like what are the requirements? Like, are just people like, oh yeah, you know, football? Okay,
0: cool. Come no, on. you you just need a you need a webcam and a fucking microphone, and that's it. Like, you yeah. don't even need a working knowledge of uh, of sports. Apparently, you can just go out there and you can make these ridiculous statements, these stupid hot takes. And and anytime somebody comes back to you, now they, okay, let me just be specific. This is not the Majuke girls that I'm talking about. Um, there are other analysts who are on fantasy Twitter who make stupid hot takes uh, and they say dumb things that have no backing, no substantiation whatsoever. And then when they get called out on it, they're like, oh, "I'm just hey, I'm just having fun on Twitter. I'm just this is I'm just a, a personality. I'm not you know." You know, living and dying by this. And and it's like, why? Well, why would you even fucking say it? Oh, because it's more important to you to get likes and shares than than it is really to, to steer your your public properly.
1: Yeah, let me make this clear. I'm not about hot takes. I'm about winning. I'm gonna give you the information that I Fuck feel yeah. is helping you win. That's it. I'm not worried about the hot takes, the likes and all that stuff. We're here to help you win. That's the bottom line. Yep. 100%.
0: Hot takes do
1: not. Hot takes don't help you win championships. They don't. I've never seen it.
0: Preach, brother. Preach. I've never seen it either. I really haven't. And it's just you know, it's just one of those things that's just kind of it's it's disappointing. You know, and i've I've talked to I've talked to the 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 fantasy sports ogs right. Like I, you know, I had Zola here on the podcast while you were away on vacation. Um, You know, I've spoken to you know a number of people who you know, we're, we're, you know, have been around for, for quite some time. Um, and, and there's a lot of disappointment in, in, in some of the things that are happening. Now, listen, there are fantastic new analysts out there. There really are. Um, on, uh, on, on this week's episode of getting buzzed, uh, Tara Roberts is going to join us, uh, me and Ryan Hallam. I know you, you know, Tara from, uh, from Twitter, Adam, she's, uh, You know, her her 30 players in 30 days uh, player profile series for Dynasty Vipers was some great shit there. Like, you know, just really hardcore and dedicated and good, solid analysis. And, you know, she knows what she's talking about. I brought her in to the uh, to the Sirius XM Independence Day Invitational because I found her stuff to be really good. And I think that, you know, as somebody who is a, uh, considered an elder statesman of this industry, I feel like it's my duty to you know, harness that talent and and help mentor those yeah, younger I'm de- analysts.
1: I'm always willing to help, and she definitely seems like she's very talented. So uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, watching that show.
0: Oh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good, good one. Um, all right. So so I just kind of I guess I had to voice that, but I wanted to know if uh, if if you thought I was way off base on Carolina. Doesn't you don't seem to think that I'm way off base? It's a lot's gonna hinge on how Darnold works in this uh in this new system, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's again, it's really difficult to judge Darnold based on his three seasons with the Jets because all the stats are horrible. Like whatever you look at, they're horrible. But it's Adam Gase. Uh, it wasn't it was one of the worst environments to be in for a quarterback. So I don't think we can judge him. I think this year is really a pivotal year in Darnold's career.
0: It's definitely a pivotal year in Darnold's career. I will, uh, I will stand with Sam, and uh, and I will happily just sit by and and watch him throughout the season. And I'm not going to sit there and like, you know, oh, I told you so. I told you. Well, oh, maybe I will. Maybe a little bit. Um, but yeah, listen, when he when he throws for 325 yards and three touchdowns against the fucking Jets in week one, you know, I can't I can't do the victory lap then because well it's the Jets. So. <laughs> but I, uh, you know listen, that's uh that's the way it is. He's my uh he's he's definitely my pick for uh for a guy who's gonna surprise a lot of people. And then of course I'll say something at the end of the season if he does perform well. And then all these people would be like, Duh, fuck that, he still sucks. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Anti-Up. Adam's got the NBA Finals on his docket. Uh, I'm going to go do a, another fantasy football podcast or live stream or something like that. But by this point here tomorrow, when you're listening to this, uh, it'll be over and you'll have missed it. But uh, look on my Twitter handle at Guy. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll retweet what it is and you can, you guys can watch, um, any final thoughts here, Adam, I was just
1: hoping for a good game four and, uh, hope that, uh, I hope, I kind of hope we get a seven game series. I really don't have a rooting interest on either side. I'm kind of leaning more towards the suns for Chris Paul to win a championship, but, um, uh, game seven is always great. So I'm kind of hoping this goes seven.
0: All right. There you go. I hope it goes seven two. It's always, you know, listen. Seven game series are always better than five game series. That's just it. That's just it. Unless you're a fan of one of the uh, the winning team, but exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here. Big thanks to all of you for liking and subscribing. For Adam Rodas, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the anti Up Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.